Support for this podcast comes from Hired. Hired empowers connections by matching the world's most innovative companies with the most ambitious tech and sales candidates. With Hired, companies can see what candidates want up front with visibility into competing offers and recruiting metrics. Hired's unique offering includes hired assessments and diversity goals, a feature to more easily discover qualified, underrepresented candidates. By combining technology and the human touch, Hired's goal is to provide transparency in the recruitment process and to empower each of their partners to employ their potential and keep their talent pipeline full. To learn more about how Hired can help you find your next great hire, go to Hired.com slash Recruiting Future. That's Hired.com slash Recruiting Future. There's been more of scientific discovery, more of technical advancement and material progress in your lifetime and mine than in all the ages of history. Hi there, this is Matt Alder. Welcome to episode 479 of the Recruiting Future podcast. I published three interviews in October to mark National Disability Employment Awareness Month. What particularly struck me was the amount of work that's going on in neurodiversity hiring. And I want to dive deeper by finding out how specific employers are developing their programmes. My guest this week is Neil Barnett, Director, Inclusive Hiring and Accessibility at Microsoft. Neil helped to develop Microsoft's Neurodiversity Hiring Programme, which has been in place since 2015. He has excellent insights and valuable advice for employers looking to establish similar programmes. Hi, Neil, and welcome to the podcast. Hey, great. Thanks for having me, Matt. An absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Please, could you introduce yourself and tell us what you do? So my name is Neil Barnett. I'm a director of accessibility at Microsoft. I spend most of my day working on disability inclusion and hiring people with disabilities at the company. I started our neurodiversity hiring program back in 2015, and I'm very passionate about this topic, and I work with employers all across the world to try to start similar programs. Fantastic stuff. And I really want to sort of get into the details of that in a second. But before we do, I suppose, by way of context, keen to get your thoughts on where we are with everything at the moment. I mean, do you think that employers are getting better or at least more aware when it comes to recruiting and retaining people with disabilities? Yeah, I would say it's a journey. And I think I've seen employers are at all stages of the journey. Overall, I think more and more employers are leaning into this space and thinking about what they can do to attract disability talent. And disability is talent, as well as thinking about once they hire people with disabilities into the organization, what does the support structure look like? How can they best ensure everyone's successful? And so I think more and more employers are focusing on this dimension, but it's an area that I think there's a lot of opportunity. Absolutely. What what uh, advantages are the employers who are doing this really well uh, getting? Well, employers that are doing this, one, I think they're finding tremendous uh, talent base that, you know, we always talk about untapped talent, but clearly there's a community of 
uh, job seekers out there that are getting screened out versus screened in to the recruitment process. And so, I mean, I, you just look at Microsoft um, through some of our uh, ability hiring and our neurodiversity hiring, we're finding job candidates that we may not have seen through that traditional HR process, where imagine if someone couldn't get through a traditional phone screen, where if someone's resume didn't have certain keywords. So by, by kind of screening in, I think job employers are finding just tremendous talent that otherwise they would not have seen. And then the other thing I've, I've really seen is that employers are just, there are a lot of people with disabilities at your company already. And so they're seeing um, their employees raise their hand and say, hey, this is so great that you're focused on this area now. Can you come train my team? Can you, how do I get an accommodation? What resources are available for me? So it's really lit up the, the entire culture of, of an employer base, not just the, the hiring arm. You mentioned that you helped set up Microsoft's neurodiversity hiring program. Tell us the story behind that and how that came about and how you did it. Yeah, so I guess it's 2015 now, so it's a few years ago. We At Microsoft, we've always hired people with disabilities at the core of our company. And we know that by hiring people with disabilities, you can improve your products, your services, your websites. Just having people with disabilities in the DNA of your company it's just tremendous benefit that ripple out across all parts of your business. And in 2015, we started looking at uh, autism in particular and thought, hey, you know, we have a, a lot of autistic employees at Microsoft already. What more could we do? And so this was very on. In early 2015, there were only one or two uh, large employers that were having corporate uh, autism hiring programs. Uh, DXC Technologies, which I believe is now HP. Uh, HPE, and then, of course, SAP. And so we said, hey, let us try to figure out ourselves as, as a technology company what we could do. And we did a, uh, a pilot back in 2015, brought in partners to help us figure it out. And we were just blown away with the talent that we found and the feedback that we were getting from managers. And so we've just taken it from there. And tell us a little bit about how it works. You, you sort of mentioned earlier on the conversation about screening people in rather than screening people out. What differences have you made to your hiring process to, to make this work? Great question. So it, in most in most employers, a typical interview for a job seeker is one day, usually back-to-back interviews. Pre-pandemic, you would fly to an employer to a corporate headquarters interview all day long, very stressful interview, back-to-back-to-back. And then you would get back on a plane and go home, potentially. So now everything is remote, of course, in the new world. But even before this program, it, it, it is a multi-day event. So think of it as like a nine to three event, right? So it's not all packed into one day where the first day you get to know the hiring team. You get to know actually the people that you're interviewing with and against, um, which is different. And we as an employer really get to know you. We do activities, we do team building activities to kind of break the ice and and let you kind of feel comfortable so you can show your skills and your talents. And then as we go through that multi-day, you know, three, four day event, we actually have, you know, the traditional interview on the last day, but there's more time between the interviews. We've, we've done some prep, we've done mock interviews before. Um, and so we're really trying to set the, the job seeker up for success and at the same time, give them something tangible so if they don't get a job, they've got some tangible feedback that they can use um, for the next opportunity. And have 
any of the working like that, have any of the sort of the findings, the learnings that you've taken from that influenced your your kind of broader, your other hiring processes? Absolutely. And I think that is when I talk to employers, that's the, the golden nugget is if you can find the red threads from doing these lighthouse projects and bring them back across your entire enterprise. That It's not easy, but that's how you have true impact. And so a couple examples for us would be in our neurodiversity hiring program, we focused a lot on once hired, providing support with job coaches, often third-party job coaches. Well, this is something that our entire employee base, like I mentioned earlier, we've got a lot of neurodivergent uh, employees saw and they're like, hey, how can I tap into these executive functioning job coaches? And so we brought that process across. Or we would, for our program, since we knew we were hiring folks that were on the autism spectrum initially, we would bring in a third-party uh, professor to teach about autism as strength, autism as culture, kind of demystify autism to hiring managers. Well, we, we do that now for other disability segments. We could bring in the Lighthouse for the Blind here in the United States if, uh, if a job seeker was blind or low vision. So we'll partner to bring in disability experts to train the broader teams the windows, the offices, the Xbox of the world on disability. Um, so there are a lot of like red threads that we're trying to pull back across the organization to have true impact and scale. A quick message from our sponsor, Winolo. Hi, everyone. I want to tell you about Winolo. That's W-O-N-O-L-O. Winolo stands for Work Now Locally. Winolo enables businesses to find quality workers for on-demand, seasonal, short-term and long-term work. Ditch the bulky paperwork and interview process and use Winolo to find quality workers fast and get work done even faster. With flexible workers and no platform fees, you can save on operating costs, meet demand and maximise earnings with ease. Winolo is available in over 100 markets including Chicago, Dallas, Atlanta, New York, and Seattle. Get workers who are ready to work and spend less time finding them with Winolo. Go to www.winolo.com pod. That's www.wonolo.com pod and take the stress out of finding workers. I suppose... Leading on from that and just digging a bit deeper into building an inclusive workplace, how do you make sure that the people you hired kind of have ongoing support so they really feel part of the company and they, they, can, they can really thrive as an employee? Great, great question. This is an ongoing thing that we work really hard at Microsoft, and I know all employers do. I think, you know, once hired, first of all, an employee – it's always optional to choose to self-identify or self-disclose. So many people with disabilities, you know, over 70, 80% are non-apparent or invisible. And so if an employee chooses to self-disclose that they have disability, there, there are many different avenues at a company, you know, in particular at Microsoft, we really try to signpost and make sure employees know through HR where to get accommodations and, and typical accommodations are. Um, so that they can be productive in the workforce. We spend a lot of time on training for managers, from HR staff on disability etiquette, disability inclusion. We try to provide resources for managers on career development, employees on career development. We have a very big employee resource group, ERG, 
a disability ERG that we actually have over 20 chapters under that. So vision, mobility, cognitive, neurodiversity, ALS. So we really try to tap into that community and, and grow that community. So there are a lot of systems that we put in place to try to build that culture and ensure that the employee is set up for success. But, you know, it is a definitely an ongoing piece that we're always open to feedback and trying to figure out what more we can do. You mentioned that you you talk to a lot of employers around around the world and, and share some of your learnings. Tell us more about how you, you sort of collaborate together. Yeah. So one of the things back in 2017, uh, Microsoft, SAP, EY, and JPMorgan Chase, we started a roundtable of employers. It's called the Neurodiversity at Work Employer Roundtable. And if you go to Bing or Google, you can search it. There, there are over 50 employers now. Many large enterprise uh, companies are there that you'll recognize. Chevron, Ford, Deloitte. And all these, these companies have proactive, inclusive hiring programs around neurodiversity. But one of the tenets of joining the roundtable is that we work with other employers that are interested in doing something similar. So mostly it's around helping with the business case. Most employers are like, hey, I think this is a good idea. I see what's going on in the industry, but I'm not sure who to partner with. What's the ROI? Um, how do I, what are my first steps? And so, you know, myself and a few others, we spend time with these employers trying to work through, understanding that each company, each culture is different. It's not the Microsoft way or the EY way. It's your way. But we try to provide real tangible examples and feedback and help these companies start their programs, again, with partners. But that's how we connect with a lot of employers around the world. Employers who are who are listening who really want to move forward with this and accelerate what they're what they're doing, what's some sort of getting started advice that you could give? Yeah. So I think if, if you're interested in this, one, there's just a lot of information out there already um, online. Uh, as I mentioned, there's been so many employers that have started this. I think, you know, first I would say is 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 make that first step. I think a lot of times employers think they have to have everything in place to start a program. Clearly, you need to be thinking about what does support look like, not just hiring, but what does my employee experience look like today for people with disabilities? You know, can they get an accommodation? Do we do manager training and readiness? Some basic tenants. But I think to start a neurodiversity hiring program, one, there's a whole ecosystem of service providers out there that have frameworks that you can leverage and use. Two, as part of the roundtable I just mentioned, we put out a playbook, a getting started playbook written by EY, JP Morgan Chase, Microsoft, and SAP that kind of lay out just the core elements of starting an enterprise program. So I would say to these employers, there's just a lot of help and support. You don't need to know everything to get started, but I think just moving forward is, is the best advice. And where can people find the playbook? So the playbook is at the Disability In website, if you, if you uh, Bing, Disability In, uh, and under resources for neurodiversity, you'll see the playbook. So I always like to finish by asking a question about the future. And I want to ask you a question about the future, but perhaps in a slightly different context to what I do normally. So particularly when it comes to neurodiversity, because there's more understanding and the understanding of, of people's brain has improved, brains has improved. There are obviously more children and teenagers who are being diagnosed as being neurodivergent than there were in the past. I know that there will be parents listening 
who have children who are neurodiverse. What do you think the future looks like in terms of careers and support and how should they be thinking and advising their kids right now? I talk to a lot of parents all the time and family members, and this is a, a topic that comes up often. And I think, one, I think the future, as we've seen over the last you know five to 10 years, the good news is more and more employers are seeing this as an opportunity, as a talent play, as untapped talent that they've been missing out. I think that employers, and I talk to employers all the time, I really want to stress that it's not just about STEM roles. To, you know, there's a lot of of interest and news around technology. And as a, as a technology company, I totally understand that. But I think as more employers can diversify the role types, it can be customer service, it can be marketing, it could be finance, it could be manufacturing. I think that's what needs to happen because not everyone is going to be a coder or a tester. And so I think the future is more and more enterprise companies are going to diversify the role types. And then you'll see more and more small and mid-sized businesses, which is where the majority of employment happens, is that at that SMB level, are starting now to think about, okay, what does this mean for me? I'm not a large enterprise with a large HR or employee resource group. How do I do it as a bakery, as a line manufacturer? And that's the next wave that we're starting to see. Neil, thank you very much for talking to me. Appreciate it. Thanks again. My thanks to Neil. You can subscribe to this podcast in Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, or via your podcasting app of choice. Please also follow the show on Instagram, where you can find us by searching for Recruiting Future, and TikTok, where you can find us by searching for Recruiting Future Pod. You can search all the past episodes at recruitingfuture.com. On that site, you can also subscribe to the mailing list to get the new monthly podcast newsletter, Recruiting Future Feast, and the inside track about everything that's coming up on the show. Thanks very much for listening. I'll be back next time, and I hope you'll join me. There's been more of scientific discovery more of technical advancement and material progress in your lifetime and mine than in all the ages of history.